My dear friends, welcome to the retreat in the West. When uh, you practice uh, breathing, it's very important to enjoy the in-breath and the out-breath. Uh, let us not uh, struggle with our breathing. We allow us to breathe uh, normally, naturally. We just uh, become aware of our in-breath and out-breath. And the practice of mindful breathing should be uh, pleasant and enjoyable. We don't have to work our breath. We have to be aware of our breathing. There is a difference between the two. It is like um, when we look at the blue sky, we don't want to intervene with the sky. We leave the sky. We allow the sky to be safe. We just want to be aware of the sky, that's all. So this is the same with our in-breath and out-breath. We just allow us to breathe uh, normally, and we become aware of our in-breath and out-breath. This is uh, very important. And our breathing can be very uh, pleasant. Remember, there were times when you did not, uh, you could not breathe uh, easily, normally. And you wish that you can breathe uh, freely like uh, other people. So to be able to breathe feel freely, to enjoy our breathing, uh, is something we would like to do. Something very enjoyable. When you breathe uh, in and out mindfully, You get insight that to be alive is a wonderful thing. To still be alive is a wonderful thing. In my hermitage, I, uh, I wrote in calligraphy the words, Breathe, you are alive. You are alive, therefore breathe and enjoy your breathing. When you uh, sit, please allow your body to be relaxed also. We should not struggle. When you, when you sit in your living room and watch the television, you don't struggle. You allow yourself to be sitting there and you don't get the kind of headache or, or pain in your children because you allow yourself to sit. So in sitting meditation, do not suffer. Do, do not try Do not try to, to, to become someone other than yourself. Allow yourself to be. Sit relaxingly and enjoy the sitting. Sitting also can be very enjoyable. Sitting and doing nothing. Just enjoying the sitting, uh, enjoying your breathing, and feel that you are alive. The president of uh, South uh, Africa, Mr. Nelson Mandela, uh, visited France some time ago, 
And when the press asked him what he would like to do the most, he said, what I want to do the most is just to sit down and doing nothing. Since the time I was released from prison, he said, I have not had a chance to sit down and to do nothing. For him, sitting down and doing nothing is great. He could not afford to do it. Among the, the monks who are there today, there is a very young monk of 17 years old. He came from South Africa. And I told him to enjoy sitting for his uh, president. <laughs> so sitting meditation is not to become someone else, something else. It's not a struggle. You just enjoy your sitting. Sit and become aware that you are there alive. To be alive is already a miracle. And if you can touch the fact that you are there alive, that is already enlightenment. Because many people around us, they live the daily life, but they are not truly alive. They always run. They are not capable of dwelling in the present moment and touch the wonders of life that are available in the here and the now. When you sit with a cushion on, or on a chair, in a chair, allow yourself to, to be comfortable. You may like to choose the kind of cushion that is uh, fit to you, but uh, it would be very pleasant if you can sit uh, upright. And our head uh, is on the same line with our uh, our back. Don't sit like this. Sit like this. Don't, don't do like this. And when you sit like that, allow all the muscles in your body to relax. Give up the struggle. Smile. When you smile, you help uh, many hundreds of muscles on your face to release to relax. And you allow the muscles on your shoulders to relax. You don't even have to bring uh, your, uh, uh, your hands up like this. You can allow them to rest like this. Sitting is an art, and the art of resting first. It's very important that we learn how to rest. Many of us have lost our capacity of uh, resting. We know that our body has uh, the power of healing itself. But we just don't give it uh, a chance to heal. We work, work our body too hard. We, we don't know how to allow our body to rest. 
by eating, by drinking, by working, we make our body suffer. We do not allow our body to rest. If only we know how to allow our body to rest, our body will know how to heal itself. Remember when you got a cut on your finger, you didn't have to do anything. You just clean the wound. You are not worried because you know that the, the cut will heal by itself. Your body has that capacity of healing. You trust your body. This is very important. We have to trust our body. To trust in the power of our body to heal itself. And we should learn how to allow our body to rest. The animals in the forest, when they got uh, wounded, deeply wounded, they know how to do. They find a place, a quiet place, and they lie down many days, not thinking about eating or anything else. There is a wisdom in that, because they know that resting is the only way by which they can heal themselves. And we humans, we have lost that uh, wisdom. We are over-worried. We don't have we don't have the trust in our own body. And therefore, to learn how to allow our body to rest is very important. Many of us understand this in principle, and yet we do not have the methods in order to allow our body to rest, including the method of uh, not eating, not eating, fasting is a very wonderful practice. But we are afraid that if we don't eat, our body will not get uh, the energy it needs. It is exactly that kind of worry that uh, that is responsible for the situation. There are many things we can learn in order to allow our body to rest, in order for it to heal itself. The same thing is true with our spirit. If uh, there may be a zone of pain in our body, there are also zone, zones of pain in our spirit, in our consciousness. And our consciousness, it has the power of healing itself also. But we don't, we don't allow it to heal. Every day, we bring into it a lot of uh, toxins, a lot of worries, a lot of anxieties. We force it to do so much. We don't know how to allow our consciousness, our spirit to rest. Because it seems that we have lost our confidence, our trust in our spirit. Our spirit, our soul, 
it has the power of healing itself. If only we know how to allow it to rest. In the beginning, we did not worry too much. But we have learned to worry. And with time, the energy of worry, the habit energy of worry, has become too strong. And that uh, energy called worry is preventing preventing the healing of our body and of our spirit. Therefore, we have to learn how to recognize that habit, energy in us, in order not to let us, to overwhelm us, and to, uh, to stand on the way of uh, the healing. We have the habit energy of running. We do not seem to believe that happiness is possible in the here and the now. Therefore, we have the tendency to run ahead and looking for happiness. Conditions of our own happiness do not seem to be there, to be enough, we believe like that. And that is why we are always on, on the running. And that makes it impossible for us to enjoy what is there in the present moment. The habit of running within is responsible for our restlessness. Rushing, becoming restless, is a very important energy, negative energy in many of us. We have to recognize them. We know that uh, if we become restless, Peace cannot be possible, and happiness cannot be possible either. Therefore, how to embrace the energy of restlessness, how to stop the running, is very important. And Buddhist meditation can help us dealing with these matters. Every time the energy of uh, running, the habit energy of running, 
uh, is pushing us. Every time we feel that energy of restlessness in us, we should know how to, to deal with them, how to recognize them, how to embrace them, how to smile to them, how to uh, help, help them. The Buddha said it is possible to live happily in the present moment. That teaching of the Buddha does not seem to be very well known to people. Drista Dharma Sukha Vihara is the Sanskrit uh, expression. Drista Dharma means uh, the present moment, the here and the now. Sukha means happy. Sukha Vihari, living happily. And the Buddha also said that even if you have uh, pain and sorrow within yourself, still it is possible for you to live happily in the present moment. Many of us would believe that unless we take uh, the block of pain and sorrow out of us, happiness could not be possible. But the Buddha is saying something different. Suppose we uh, throw into river, the river, a, a rock. The rock will sink into the river. But if uh, we have a boat, we have a boat, we can carry uh, hundreds of uh, pounds of rocks, and yet uh, we don't sink into the river of suffering. Therefore, it's very important to secure a, a, a boat. And that boat can be seen as the energy of mindfulness that we can generate within us. The energy of mindfulness is something we cultivate by the practice of Buddhist meditation. And the secret of the practice is just to live, to learn how to live each moment of your daily life uh, mindfully. When you drink your water, drink it mindfully. And by drinking your water mindfully, you generate the energy of mindfulness, called mindfulness of drinking. You have the capacity of drinking your water mindfully. There's no doubt about that. Anyone would have that capacity of drinking uh, mindfully his or her water. The only thing is whether you will want to do it. You want to train yourself in that art of drinking. Everyone has the capacity of walking mindfully. You make one step with your left uh, foot. You are aware that you are making one step. And that is called mindfulness of walking. And all of us have the capacity of walking mindfully. But if we are determined to train ourselves in the art of mindful walking, we'll be able to stop running and to go back to the here and the now. In a practice center, people train themselves to do everything mindfully. 
breathing mindfully, eating mindfully, walking mindfully. Sitting mindfully, drinking mindfully, drinking mindfully, eating mindfully, walking mindfully. That is the training. And if we continue to, to train ourselves like that, the seed of mindfulness in us will grow every day. And it will be very easy to touch that seed in order to invite the energy of mindfulness to come up and to guide us, to support us. And then around us, there are people who practice the same. My Dharma brother, my Dharma sister, everyone are doing the same because you practice the same kind of teaching. And everyone generates the energy of mindfulness. A practitioner always needs the support, the nourishment of his or her Sangha. Sangha means the community of brothers and sisters who practice with you. So if you are surrounded by a Sangha, where members uh, practice uh, mindfulness. And if you can generate the energy of mindfulness by yourself, and then you have the two uh, elements of the boat that you need, the two components of the boat that you need, and sticking to your mindfulness practice, and sticking to your Sangha, you never sink into the river of uh, suffering. <coughs> Mindfulness is the energy that helps us to be aware of what is there in the present moment. When I drink my water mindfully, the water becomes real. I'm aware that uh, I'm drinking this water. When I look at the blue sky mindfully, the blue sky becomes something very real to me. Mindfulness helps it, helps me to be there as a real entity. And it helps the object of my perception become real also when you drink your coffee, when you hold your baby in mindfulness, your coffee, your baby become real. Why? Because you yourself have become real thanks to mindfulness. The other thing become real also. And since everyone in the community is practicing the same, the collective energy of mindfulness is strong. And that is why 
finding yourself in the midst of such an environment, you are supported, you are encouraged, you are empowered, and you have the solidity, you have the faith that will keep you from sinking into the ocean of uh, suffering. It's a wonderful that uh, many people come together for the practice. If people who are angry come together, there will be a collective uh, anger that can be very devastating. But if there are many people who come together and practice mindfulness, that is a wonderful thing. Because the collective energy of mindfulness produced by that uh, amount of people will be will be penetrating into each of us, and each of us will profit from that energy. Suppose we, we do walking meditation together, uh, 600 people. Everyone practice breathing in and breathing out mindfully, generating the energy of mindfulness within, within himself or herself that uh, help the person who practices, that maintain him or her in the present moment, that help the world to be real for him or for her in the present moment. But at the same time, she offers that energy of mindfulness to the whole Sangha. Everyone is doing the same, and the collective the energy of mindfulness generated by the whole Sangha will be available for each individual. That is why walking meditation as uh, a group is different from walking meditation down alone. While practicing walking meditation as a group allow yourself to be penetrated by the collective energy of the Sangha. You feel you are empowered. You feel that you are supported. And other people, instead of being an obstacle for your practice, have become a source of support. A Dharma brother, a Dharma sister is there to support you, not to be an obstacle for your practice. While you practice sitting, surrounded by so many people who enjoy sitting. Allow yourself to be penetrated by that collective energy of mindfulness. You don't sit alone, you sit with the Sangha. It's wonderful to sit with the Sangha. When you share a silent meal with the Sangha, don't eat alone. Because there are a few people who sit among other people, but who still feel alone. And sometimes embarrassed by the presence of other people. We have to feel uh, 
that we are brothers and sisters to each other. We are brothers and sisters in the Dharma, in the practice. And I have the right to benefit from your presence, your wonderful presence, because you are there to practice like uh, I am. So let us learn to look at our brothers and sisters who are there as uh, a source of support. And we profit uh, from their presence and their practice. In that way we can receive uh, the energy that we need. And that means that uh, the support of another person in our life is very important. So to have a Sangha, to have a community where people uh, are devoted to the practice is a wonderful and should, we should be able to, to, to profit from the presence of these uh, brothers and sisters. So let us enjoy sitting together, not just uh, sitting alone. Let us enjoy Eating together, eating breakfast is a beautiful practice. This strong practice also allow yourself to be penetrated by the joyful spirit of the Sangha. Walking together, sitting together, breathing together. It's wonderful to sit together and just, just enjoy our breathing in and out. of mindfulness is first of all the practice of going back to the here and the now. But the habit energy might prevent us to do so. The, the energy of rushing, the habit of uh, over worrying, the feeling of uh, restlessness, the tendency to be caught by the past. The tendency to to be afraid of the future. All these things constitute obstacles for our practice of going back to the here and the now. If we are able to go back to the here and the now with mindfulness, you'll be able to recognize many elements that can make us happy right now, right here. You will be able to identify what is uh, wonderful, refreshing, healing, nourishing in us and around us. And having um, 
recognize them, identify them. We know that happiness in the present moment is possible. And with our practice of mindful breathing, mindful sitting, mindful walking, we nourish, we keep alive that kind of insight so that happiness can last. Otherwise, the thinking, the worries will settle in and take us away from the here and the now. The address of happiness, the address of peace and stability is written very clearly, the here and the now. first thing we shall do together tomorrow is to enjoy walking meditation as a group of 600 people. I would like to offer some instructions as how to enjoy walking together. We shall not wait for everyone to come in order to start walking. We can start with 200 or 300 people. When you breathe in, enjoy making two steps or three steps. Try and see whether you would like to make uh, two or three steps while breathing in. Ask your lungs. They will tell you. And when you breathe in like that, and if you make two steps, you may like to use uh, the words, uh, I have arrived. I have arrived. I have arrived. Alright. And when you breathe out, you say, I'm home. I'm home. That is the practice of stopping the running inside. And you stick to that practice until you arrive. You truly arrive in the here and the now. Because the habit energy is there. And if you allow it to take hold of us, and then we be carried away into the past, into the future, into our worries, our projects. And we are not able to establish ourselves in the address of the here and the now. That is why combining your breathing and your steps can help you to be solid, to be yourself. I have arrived, arrived, I am home, I am home. My true home is in the here and the now. Because only in the here and the now that life is available. The Buddha said the past is already gone. And the future is not yet there.
There's only one moment when you can be truly alive. That is the present moment. Simple, clear. And your appointment with life, that address is clear, the here and the now. And if you miss the present moment, you miss your appointment with life. And therefore, the practice is to go back to the here and the now. The practice of arriving, arriving in the here and the now, your true home. Everything you are looking for, you have been looking for, must be found in the here and the now, including your peace, your happiness, your stability, your joy, including the kingdom of God, including the Buddha, including our ancestors. I have arrived, arrived. I'm home, I'm home. It means I don't want to run anymore. You may like to make three steps or two steps while breathing in and breathing out. Up to you. And sometime later, you may switch into the second line. In the here, in the now. In the here, in the here, but that is for your in-breath. In the now, in the now, that is for your out-breath. In fact, uh, it is the same kind of practice. When you say, in the here, in the here, you bring yourself back into the present moment. So it is exactly the same kind of practice. And a few minutes later, maybe five, you may switch into the third line. I am solid. I am free. I am solid. Solid. I am free. I am free. This is not uh, auto-suggestion. This is not uh, wishful thinking. Because if you have uh, succeeded in arriving in the here and the now, you, you already begin to touch the element of solidity and freedom in you. Your steps are now more solid because you are already established in the here and the now. The past can no longer pull you. The future can no longer pull you away. And you are yourself. You walk like a free person, as a free person. From these worries, anxieties, and fear, and regret. And therefore, the element of solidity and freedom have increased in you. I am solid. I am solid. I am free. I am free. That is the acknowledgement of the quality of walking that you have now. In fact, you have cultivated 
your solidity and your freedom in the last five or ten minutes. That is why now you enjoy, you enjoy it. So when I breathe in and I say, I am solid, solid, I just enjoy my solidity. We know that without some solidity, we cannot be truly happy. If we feel shaky, we cannot be happy. We must have uh, some solidity within us. And the degree of freedom has also increased because, um, because you are now more, much more of yourself than before. Because you have been able to prevent the worries about the future, the regret about the past to come and overwhelm you. Your quality of life has been improved. You have a lot more freedom. And when you practice walking mindfully like that, you are cultivating your solidity and your freedom with the energy of mindfulness. The Buddha said, Solidity and freedom are the two characteristics of uh, nirvana. Nirvana is not an abstract thing. It is made of uh, solidity and freedom. And the Buddha also said, you can touch nirvana with your own body, with your feet. So walking meditation is wonderful. Sometimes when you are angry, you are worried, walking like that can release very quickly your negative uh, emotions. And when you are not possessed by anger or worries, walking meditation can help you to cultivate more solidity, more freedom, help you to touch the wonders of life that are available in you and around you. In France, I used to um, to ask the children to practice uh, walking meditation with the two words only. Oui and merci. When you breathe in, when the children breathe in, they make two steps and say, oui, oui. Learning to say yes to the wonderful things that are available. You say yes to the blue sky. You say yes to the fact that you are uh, that uh, your beloved ones are still there, alive, taking care of you. You say yes to your youth. There are so many things to say yes to. And when you have recognized them, you say thanks, merci. So although these words are simple. They are truly the essence of the practice. You recognize the positive elements that are there available. You say yes to them. And you feel thankful that they are there. Conditions for your own happiness. So although it looks like a, a practice for children, but we adults, we can very well practice we, we, merci, merci, like the children.
the sight of a brother who walk in front of you or on your left mindfully enjoying every step he makes will be a bell of mindfulness helping us to go back to our practice because while walking you may lose your mindfulness the thinking might settle in and uh, mindfulness uh, uh, may be gone and you are no longer in the here and the now especially when you are a beginner but uh, the presence of a brother or sister in front of you or beside you will be very helpful during the retreat let us uh, all practice walking mindfully and each of us should become a bell of mindfulness for the rest of the Sangha if someone happened to lose one or two steps in forgetfulness and if he or she see another person walking mindfully and enjoy deeply his steps and then that person will be reminded and can come back to himself and enjoy the mindful walking again. The monks and the nuns in Plum Village they have got the habit of walking mindfully because in Plum Village we don't have any other style of walking (laughs) only mindful walking. If you come and you get the habit quickly And the sight of a monk or a nun walking mindfully, peacefully, can be very helpful. And they, each of them can be a bell of mindfulness. But uh, all of us can do the same. Each of us can transform himself or herself into a bell of mindfulness by our way of walking. So that the whole community, the whole retreat can profit from our presence and our practice. And the collective energy of mindfulness will be strong and will benefit all of us. Please, if you need to move from uh, one place to another place, even if the distance is only a few yards, do mindful walking. Enjoy every step you make. Walk like you are already in the kingdom of God. Because in the kingdom of God, there is only one style of walking. <laughs> Walk in such a way that peace and joy be possible. Walk in such a way that this very place become the kingdom of God, the pure land the Buddha land. That is possible. So walking meditation is a matter of enjoyment. And with uh, the collective uh, power of the Sangha, we'll be supported to be successful in our enjoyment of walking. From time to time, you hear a bell and you may like to pause 
in order to touch the blue sky uh, or whatever is there around us, smile to them, recognize them, recognize the fact that uh, we are together, we are here alive in this very present moment, we touch the miracle of life, of being alive. And we resume the walking after a few uh, briefings like that. We can look at each other and we can smile. And these little things, they, they can bring a lot of happiness. And then if uh, possible, we will sit down together with informal sitting meditation for some time before we uh, go to breakfast. <coughs> breakfast is a time of togetherness. We enjoy our breakfast. Every piece of bread We should enjoy it uh, with our mindfulness. We eat in such a way that the piece of bread becomes real, becomes really a piece of bread. I think this is a, this is the intention. Of, uh, of our uh, teachers to uh, when they created the tradition of the Eucharist. Uh, Jesus uh, broke uh, the bread and offered to his students. And he said, uh, enjoy this bread. This is my body offered to you. And to me, this is a very drastic uh, kind of uh, teaching that can help you to be awake. You are touching a piece of bread, not less than a miracle, a wonder of life. If you hold your bread in your hand and look deeply with mindfulness, you see that the piece of bread is no less than the body of the cosmos. The sunshine is in there. The cloud, the sky are in there. The great earth is in the piece of bread. The farmers. Everything in the cosmos are present in the little in that little piece of bread. You need only to breathe in mindfully in order to see it in a piece of bread. A piece of bread is something not less than a miracle that is an ambassador from the cosmos coming to you. And if you can see like that, life is full of miracles. And if the piece of bread has not revealed herself to you deeply like that, don't put it into your mouth. Smile to it first. Call it by its true name. 
bread. <laughs> and then it will reveal itself. Because when you, when you look mindfully, you call the name bad mindfully, the energy of mindfulness bringing you back to yourself, mind and body together. And when you have produced your true presence, body and mind united, what is there in front of you will also become very real. When you are truly there, something is there also that is life, that is the wonder of life. So when you breathe or you look mindfully or you say something like that mindfully, you become whole. You become real. And the piece of bread is real now. You can put it in your mouth. And you should it mindfully. And be, be sure not to show anything else. Not to show anything else like your project, projects, your worries. Just show the bread. A real pleasure. And it's love. Because that is, that is loving kindness to our body. Show your bread carefully until it becomes something very tasty before you swallow. That helps your body very much. You don't have, if you eat like that, you don't have to eat a lot. And the amount of nutrition will be enough or more than enough. Enjoy every morsel of food like that and enjoy the community of brothers and sisters who surround us, that surround us. From time to time, we look at the brother or sister and smile and feel the happiness of, us, of having a Sangha in practice. And when we, uh, we stand in line, waiting for our turn to serve, to, to take the food into our plate. We also practice uh, enjoying our in-breath and out-breath. Not a minute, not a second of our daily life is wasted. Because every minute is a minute of practice. Standing in line, you don't wait any second, any minute. The whole time is for the practice. The whole time can be joyful. There is no waiting. What are you waiting for? Because life is available in this very moment. There are those of us who are new to the practice. And have come for the first time. We should not be embarrassed. Sometimes we don't may, maybe that sometimes we don't know whether to bow, to stand up, or not to bow, 
or not to stand up. But that is not important. The right thing to do is not to bow or not to bow. The right thing to do is to be mindful. It's better not to bow than to bow without mindfulness. So please don't feel embarrassed. If you, you can allow yourself to settle in the present moment, that is the best thing you can do already. You don't have to imitate exactly the other people. You might profit from some of their experiences, but you don't have to imitate. If you can produce our true presence and enjoy every minute we are here together, that is already excellent. Walking is good or running is good. If you can run mindfully, that is good. The problem is not between walking and running. The problem is whether you walk mindfully or you run mindfully. In Plum Village, in winter, the monks and the nuns practice mindful running also to get warm. <laughs> Mindfulness practice does not mean that you have to slow down everything. And, uh, but we have to recognize that in the beginning, to slow down, it helps. It's easier to be mindful when you do things more slowly. But that does not mean that we have to be slow all the time. No. When you listen to a Lama talk, that is also a time for enjoyment. Allow yourself to sit there with uh, comforts. Don't suffer. Don't use your intellect. Don't try to understand. Don't try. Don't try to compare. Don't try to think about. Just allow the Dharma tongue to come to you naturally like that, like uh, the earth welcoming the rain. The best way to listen to the Dharma talk is not to use the intellect. Using the intellect is like using a sheet of nylon in order to, to, to receive the rain. It prevents the rain from penetrating into the soil of our consciousness. It is confirmed that the seed of uh, understanding, the seed of enlightenment, the seed of uh, love and joy, they are already there in our consciousness, in the soil of our consciousness. Maybe in the past, not many people have been able to touch them and to help them grow. And that is why they have not become important enough in our life. But if we allow the Dharma ring to penetrate into our consciousness, into the soil of our consciousness, and touch uh, deeply the seeds inside, the best the teacher can do 
is to help the seed of enlightenment and love in him, in the student, to come up, to be touched, and to manifest. The morning when the Buddha attained perfect enlightenment, he said something alone, translating his surprise. He said, how strange, everyone has the capacity of great understanding and great love, and yet they allow themselves to sink and to sink more and more in this ocean of suffering. So that statement made by Buddha on the morning of enlightenment reminds us that we, are, we all have the capacity of understanding and of loving, of being happy. We should allow these seeds to be touched and to grow, to manifest themselves. And the purpose of the practice is to do that. The purpose of the Dharma talk is also to do that, to create opportunities for the most precious seeds in us to be touched and to grow, to manifest. Even if you feel sleepy during your Dharma talk, that's still much, much uh, better than to use your intellect. Because the Dharma talk in that case can sneak into you. Easily, but with the intellect, there's no chance. <laughs> there is another line of uh, the gata that I have not mentioned. I have arrived. I am home. In the here, in the now. I am solid. I am free. The last line is, in the ultimate, I dwell. In, in the ultimate, I dwell is a very deep practice. There are two dimensions to the same uh, reality. The first dimension, we call it uh, the historical, historical dimension. And the second dimension, we call it uh, the ultimate dimension. And they both are aspects of the same reality, like uh, the wave and the water. The, wo- the wave is a wave, but she is at the same time water. From the side of the wave, you can see a beginning and end. You can see whether the wave is high or low, more or less beautiful, this wave or the other wave. But on the side of the water, you cannot see that. We cannot say that the water has a beginning and end, high or low, more and beautiful, because the water is the very ground of being of the wave. 
So it is it's a natural that uh, the wave can live the life of a wave. But she can do better than that. She can at the same time learn how to live the life of water. And if the wave can bend down and touch the water within her, which is her very ground of being, she will lose all her fear, all her sorrow. Because as far as water is concerned, there is no beginning, there is no end, there is no up, there is no down. There is not this, there is no this, there is no that. There is no before, there is no after. And each of us is a wave like that. We have our historical dimension. We can live our life in the historical dimension. But we may be filled with a lot of fear, suffering, discrimination. But if we are able to touch the ground of our being, the substance of no birth and no death within us. We will lose all our fear. And we get the greater, the greatest relief we can get from the practice. In the language of uh, Christianity, the ground of being, that ground of being is God. Do not be afraid. It is me, your God. That is the voice of the water talking to the wave. And if you can touch your ground being, and then the, the ups and downs, the idea of being and non-being can no longer uh, make you suffer. Touching nirvana is the practice. Touching the ground of no birth and no death. We should be able to train ourselves to touch the ultimate dimension. In order for one day we can, touch, we can get the greatest relief, free from all kinds of fear. In the ultimate, in the ultimate ideal, ideal. That is the last line. Let us uh, sing together the song so that we, those of us, uh, who are not used to this practice can memorize. I, I have arrived. I have arrived. I am home.
Each of us will uh, use a notebook like this during our retreat. And uh, during the first four days, we practice, we will practice uh, complete silence. for us to have a chance to observe, to observe the energy in us, whether positive or negative. And each of us will be offered one notebook like this. And after having used one page, you keep that page. Don't tear it out. Because a few days later, we have a chance to, to look at it again. Um, there is a practice called the purification of speech. And you don't talk. And you observe the ideas, the feelings that come up in you. All the monks and the nuns here during the first four days will practice uh, with you like that. Uh, we shall not talk at all. Every time we need uh, very much to say something, we would bring, uh, we would use the notebook and write uh, that sentence here in the shortest way possible. Learn to be thrifty as far as words are concerned. But uh, you are asked if uh, you want to say something, you want to react uh, to say something. Instead of saying it, don't say it. Write it down. You may like to uh, to note uh, the day here, Monday or Tuesday. Something that is not to your liking, 
something that make you angry, that make you uh, irritated, make you sad. Instead of uh, trying to say it out to another person, don't say it. Write it down. When uh, a feeling, a strong feeling, uh, come up, instead of trying to find someone to, to, uh, to show your feeling, to talk about your feeling, practice mindful breathing, embrace that feeling. And write it down here, one line about uh, the nature of your feeling. Your feeling, and if possible, the nature of your feeling. Learn to observe your feeling, your ideas. And you may like uh, to practice looking deeply in order to see the true nature of that feeling, or of that idea. After a few days, when you read the sentences that you that you have written down. The sentences uh, that represent what you want to tell the other person, you see that uh, you don't need to, to say it at all. This is about the habit uh, energy, the negative habit energy that uh, is strong in us. And uh, sometimes we say that it's stronger than us. We know that uh, if we said that, if we did that, it would destroy, it would cause damage to our relationship with the other person. To cause damage within us and within the other person. And yet, we have said it, we have done it. And then we regret a lot. We are very sincere. We vow to ourselves that next time we will never say something like that again, or do something like that again. And yet, when the time comes, you say it again. You do it again. That is the, the habit energy in us. When you see something not to your liking, you have tendency to, to react right away, to say something right away, to react strongly, because it seems that we believe that reacting like that will help us feel better. But the result is the opposite. If we feel irritated, and if you reacted angrily like that, we suffer more. And we also destroy something in us and something around us. If only we can refrain from saying or from doing that. Instead, we write it down. And if we can go to sleep all night, and the next morning when we read what we, we have written, we know that uh, 
It's good that uh, the other day, yesterday, you didn't say it. Many of the things we say in our daily life are not truly necessary. And many of the things we say also have the power of destroying, causing damage in us and in the other person. And that is why the practice of silence is, uh, is a practice that can help us to observe the habit energy in us. Mindfulness. Every time it is lit up, it can recognize the habit energy. And the habit energy will not be able to push us to say it or to do it again. Every time we are able to recognize the habit energy, we will will keep it from overwhelming us and causing damage in us and in our relationship. And that habit energy will go back to the depth of our consciousness as a seed and a little bit weaker than before. There was a, a young American practitioner who came to Plum Village and who uh, spent three wonderful weeks in summer surrounded by solid practice. He was quite happy. He, on, he practiced like other people, mindful walking, mindful breathing, mindful sitting, mindful eating and so on. One day he was asked by his fellow countrymen to go to the market in St. Fala Ground to do some shopping because uh, that was uh, Thanksgiving Day and uh, each group of uh, retreatants would like to uh, make a special dish in order to offer to the, to the altar. And while he was uh, in the city shopping, the energy of uh, restlessness the energy of uh, rushing suddenly arises in him, come up. And it did not uh, come up during the three weeks of stay in uh, the upper hamlet. He was able to recognize it because he had already practiced three weeks of cultivating mindfulness. So at that moment, he was able to recognize the habit uh, energy of uh, restlessness, of rushing. And he saw that is the habit energy that had been transmitted to him by his mother. Because his mother is always like that. So he began to smile. He he went back to his mindful breathing and he said, Hello, mommy. (coughs) And suddenly that energy vanished. He knew that he is not surrounded by uh, practitioners in the Sangha. He has to take care of uh, himself. That is why from that moment on, he followed his uh, mindful breathing and continued to shop 
to, to do shopping until he, go back, he went back to Plum Village. And that energy uh, did not come up for a second time. So if uh, we know how to cultivate uh, the, en- the energy of mindfulness, we have something in order to recognize the habit energy in us every time they come up. We will prevent it from uh, pushing us to do or to say things that we don't want to do or to, to say. And every time we embrace and recognize it like that, it will come back, go back to the depth of our consciousness uh, in the form of a seed and always losing some of its strength. And next time we do the same. And uh, now we have an opportunity to practice uh, silence in order to observe and we have a notebook. So please, uh, every time you need to communicate, use the notebook. Every time you want to say something, just write it down. To show or not to show the other person, that's not uh, important, but uh, you keep it. And uh, the next day you may like to read it again and find out that it's not uh, really important. And of course, uh, any feeling that comes up, any emotion that comes up, uh, we should train ourselves to be aware of that, to recognize it, to embrace it, and to use our notebook to record about the time, the day, when it manifests itself. That would be very helpful. Every time I see something not to my liking, I don't react right away. I go back to my breathing in order to see whether there is something I can do in order for the situation to get better. Because I know through experience that if I react with irritation, with anger, I make myself suffer more and I make the other person or person suffer more. I make the situation worse. And that is a good habit that we can cultivate, we can learn. If you see something not to your liking, don't react. Go back to your breathing and ask yourself the question, in this very moment, is there anything you can do in order to better the situation? I know some of us uh, were not uh, happy tonight when we arrived here and find that we have to, uh, to use uh, a shuttle in order to go back to the other end and go in the city. I would not like it uh, myself, but if it happens like that, I go back to my breathing and I will find out what I can do to myself in order to make it acceptable, make it more pleasant. One day, I, uh, I conducted a retreat in uh, New York City, Manhattan. and. Um, there's no place to do walking meditation. 
and uh, I, it was not pleasant to come and to find out that uh, there's no, uh, there's no uh, facility for walking meditation. You cannot stay many days in just in a building like that. So after one hour of uh, uh, looking deeply, I invited uh, subway meditation. Uh, the subway will link us to the central park where we can uh, have a walking meditation and also Dharma discussion. So uh, I ask uh, the community to support me in, uh, in practicing uh, subway meditation. So all of us, uh, uh, when the time arrived, would uh, go down to the street and walk to the subway station nearby. Uh, mindfully, uh, observing everything on our way, smiling. And one of us will buy, will buy the token, and uh, we got into uh, the subway, uh, smiling, uh, and observe. Usually, people in the subway are not very joyful, <laughs> and you have to maintain your aliveness by mindful breathing and not to observe each person on, on it. Uh, because you are equipped with mindfulness, you are capable of uh, observing things and of smiling. Uh, and it turned out that subway meditation uh, became the thing that people, people memorized the most from that retreat. Uh, after the subway, we got into the Central Park. We enjoy walking there, uh, Dharma discussion there, and then we go back with uh, using subway meditation again. I remember one day when uh, we went back to the place of the retreat, uh, one person was stopped by a passenger because they saw us walking in silence, and with uh, each step, uh, solid like I was walking ahead, so I did not uh, know, but it was reported to me later on. A lady stopped uh, uh, one of the practitioners and asked her, and said this, I know you are, you are, you are in a powerful experience. You are having a powerful experience. Please tell me what is going on with you. <laughs> but that person uh, was a little bit, um, I think, uh, carried the uh, teaching, the practice uh, uh, too much, um, too seriously. So instead of uh, smiling and explain, she continued walking like that. <laughs> To smile and to explain mindfully is also the practice. So I would uh, ask you uh, to do what we have done in many places, like in India when we uh, visited uh, the birthplace of the Buddha, the, the place where the Buddha got enlightenment uh, and so on. 
always on the bus. It was the mail of mindfulness, and we practice uh, sitting meditation, mindful breathing, and observing um, on the bus. So t- tonight, uh, you use the shuttle to go to the other place. Please uh, maintain your silence, uh, maintain your mindful breathing, and observe whatever you see. It may be that you see them for the first time because mindfulness is with, is with you. Uh, it is my wish that uh, every shuttle has a bell of mindfulness in there. Everyone will sit, uh, practice uh, mindfulness of sitting in a bus. And even if we have to go through by the city, we don't have to suffer. Why do we have to suffer? Because the subway, if we don't practice, is is difficult. Uh, therefore, with uh, with the mindfulness of breathing, of smiling, of observation, we can transform the situation into something uh, much more uh, pleasant. And I trust that you can do it for all of us. Uh, After four days of complete silence, we shall learn uh, the practice of uh, mindful speaking. But uh, in occasions like um, Dharma discussion, uh, we have to share our ideas and uh, our experiences. But uh, even in Dharma discussion, use uh, this notebook. You talk only when you really have something important to say. Namely, uh, when you have an experience of the practice. And in Dharma discussion, we never uh, engage in the kind of speculation, discussion that are purely theoretical. Dharma discussion is an opportunity for us to share uh, the difficulties we have in the practice, the success we have gone through, uh, we have obtained in the practice, so that everyone in the discussion group uh, will benefit from our presence uh, and our now experiences. And uh, thanks to the practice of silence, we have an opportunity, maybe the first time, to observe what is going on inside us. And we know that uh, thinking may not be the best. Being, touching deeply life in the present moment is the best. Dwelling firmly in the present moment and living that present moment deeply is the best thing we can do. Because mindfulness, concentration, will lead to insight. And it is the insight that reveals to us many wonders that we have not seen. And it is the insight that will liberate us from our suffering, our afflictions. Uh, Thinking uh, is not the best thing. Uh, we can do. It is being, it is living deeply that uh, is our practice. I think, uh, therefore, I'm not really there. <laughs> <laughs>
in the present moment. <laughs> so, so, so if we allow the thinking to settle in, we lose the opportunity to observe, to practice uh, mindfully. Uh, my dear friends, we have uh, talked about um, walking, the art of mindful walking, uh, uh, about uh, breathing, mindful walk, breathing, about eating, uh, about using the shuttle, uh, uh, every time we hear the bell, that is an, an opportunity for us to go back to our breathing, to enjoy our breathing, the, un- the oneness of our body and mind. In plain English, not only we uh, go back to our breathing uh, uh, every time we hear the bell, but we also uh, do that every time we hear the telephone ringing. Uh, also, when the clock play the music every quarter of an hour. And in Dhamma discussion also, if, um, if uh, uh, from time to time there will be a bell, so that we have an opportunity just to stop and to enjoy our in-breath and our breath. If uh, you happen to, to, to bring your bell, please uh, let us know, because uh, I think on each uh, shuttle we need a bell. <laughs>